we were just like a family because there was so much racism that we all was just in one spot and we couldn't go where we want to go. We couldn't go live where we want to live. So the, so the honest way that we, the honest thing that we had was each other and to survive. talk about College Hill without talking about faith. And that's why today we're going to be interviewing Pastor Sam Hall and his wife, Beulah, along with her sister, Billy McDermott. That's why we're at the Fellowship of Praise Church of God, formerly known as Inman Street Church. So, all right. Um, I guess to kind of to start, um, why don't you all tell me about your earliest memories of living in this community? You know, um, why don't we just, we'll just start, I guess, uh, since we have three, we've never done this with three people, so it's brand new for me, but, um, you know, Beulah, why don't you tell me a little bit about your earliest memories of being in this community here? Oh, okay. In this community, we live right up the hill on Puke Street. So I was in the first grade, however the that makes you. So everything was right here. Yeah. Everything was really close to where you were. And everybody knew everybody, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. When you, <laughs> when you say that, do you mean everything was, like, within walking distance? Yeah. You rode your bike to it? You walked to we it? Walk, we walked to school. Mm-hmm. We walked to church. We walked to store. Everything was in the community. Mm-hmm. There was no need to go anywhere else. Okay. It was here. Sure. And the church was, like, the heartbeat <clears throat> of the community. Billy, what about you? Well, mine's a little further back than hers. I'm a couple of years older. I remember living on Gulf Street right down the road, and we lived in a house. We were right next door to what they call the House of Happy Feet. Okay. So I remember on Saturday nights, you know, it being crowded, we go to bed, and I would hear the music coming from next door, and like Beulah said... Was it, it like a dance club? It was. Skating it was a skating rink. Skating rink, okay. Yes. Happy but they feet. danced in there, too, yeah, you know. Okay. And it was, sort of, I guess, like a club, too, you know. Yeah. And, and it was a, a weekend thing. Okay, so you would hear, did you ever go? No. Mm-mm. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Our dad was a preacher, and that was a big no-no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you weren't allowed to go. No. Uh, you never, you didn't ever sneak out and go? No. no. You didn't know my dad. <laughs> no. I didn't know your dad. No. I, I just am wondering. <laughs> so you, you lived, though, right by there. Yes. And you could hear the music, you yes. could hear the people, yes. hear the people there. When you, at that time, was it like Beulah was saying where everything was right here? Did you guys walk to everything? Yeah, we walked to the store. <clears throat> uh, I think it was called Don's Food Basket. There was restaurants on the street. We called that the street. It was Inman Street, and it was just all, you know, on the one, one area. And that was the, that was sort of the main the yeah, strip. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. the hum there. And so you all would walk from that red light basically all the way through where we say downtown. Yes. All the way yeah. down to the end of that main light. Yeah, yeah right there was a back. Lay's. What they call it? Lay's Five, Five and, dime. and Dime. So we would go shopping in it, you know. <laughs> but everything was walkable. There was a shoe sure. store on the corner. Okay. Yeah. 
So everything, everything was there. Yes. There was so the, and the and the, when you said the church was the heartbeat, this church building here, no, or was it somewhere else? You can look and there's the same churches. Almost there's more. Yeah, well, there's but a lot. There's that's al- why I'm asking. There's so many it's churches. There's always been uh, lots of churches. So when you said the church, you meant all the churches. Well, our church was yeah. this church started down. Okay. It wasn't this building. It was up on the next street. Okay. The okay. church was like the heartbeat. Cool. So here's the thing that maybe you haven't caught on to by now. I'm in this church on a hill overlooking the very part of the street that they're talking about. I can look out and I can picture the shops and the people and the kids walking down the sidewalks uh, and the thriving black businesses, but it's all gone. You know, so many places in the country, even though there's been so much terrible racism, you can still go to places and cities and the shops are still there and the businesses are still there. But one of the huge tragedies of College Hill is that it's gone. It's not there. And if it weren't for these voices, it would be forgotten. What about you, Pastor Hall? What are your earliest memories? Well, that's what I'm going to say that basically, see, these two are sisters. So we all lived in the same area. Yeah. I, I live close to where they were, where they used to live at. Mm-hmm. One sister. Golf down, Street. Golf Street. Mm-hmm. We live kind of behind them. Right. And uh, what I remember is, uh, just like they said, going walking to the store, going downtown. Uh, also, uh, I noticed I, 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 I spent a lot of time watching my grandfather. He, he had his, uh, his own business as an auto mechanic. Okay. So I kind of hanged around the garage. Where was that at? Uh, it was right down here on, off of Inman Street. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he had his own garage, and he was well-known as Mail Hall Garage it was the name of his garage. Okay. Okay. And it's automotive there. Yes. So really, I mean, everything was right here. Oh, yeah. every, everything. Anything every, that you needed. For right all here. of us, uh, even our parents at the particular time, they all, we all walk. We did a lot of walking in those days. Sure, yeah. You know, and like she said, that everything was just right in the neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, for us to walk from here to in the town part was nothing to us. They black owned and operated yes. uh, all of them. All was of this them. so? It was this mostly. All, the only store that one black owned was Don Food Basket. Okay. That was the only store that one owned by black. People. Okay. Yes. You're describing a much different street than what is there now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. You see what I'm yes. saying? Yes. Uh, with with automotive and uh, grocery stores and everything being right here on a main strip. So I was just wondering, did white people come here to shop too? Did they, was it, was it in a sense, was it, there's more reasons for somebody to come be here then or not? You know, well, I'm not I, telling you how it should be. I, I'm, I'm wondering do, what it was. I don't want to do all the talking, but. From my understanding and what I witnessed when I was a small kid was that uh, we did have some some white that mm-hmm. that was living in this area, mm-hmm. but very very few. Okay, it was more dominantly of blacks. 
but we did have some whites that did go to some of the black shops. Okay. In those days. But it, but if you lived on the other side of town, you didn't drive here to shop. You shopped on the other side. Of town. No. If someone lived on that, no, they, they have, would have no reason. It they wouldn't have come over from here. this area. Okay. We used to have a landfill. I used to call it Gum Holler, and there was a lot of white people around in there, and they would go to Don. It's in this neighborhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would service whoever lived in this area. And okay. off of Benton Pike, there were white people. We even went to a white church off of Benton Pike. Okay. Yeah. Sure. When did you decide you wanted to be a pastor? What she was saying was that this church here was the church that we all grew up in. Uh-huh. This church here is the church that I grew up in. My mm-hmm. mother, when I was a little kid, brought me into this church. Right. And so here I am now, the pastor of the church that I was mm-hmm. raised up in. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, one day I... I, I think I told my wife this, that, uh, you know, I always wanted to, to be a pastor or, or a preacher, mm-hmm. not, not so much as a pastor, sure. but in the ministry. Yeah. And uh, so uh, one day that uh, the Lord did call me into the ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that point, I've been ministering ever since. And always here in this church? No, no. I started in another church. Okay. And okay. then uh, I was uh, voted to be pastor of this church back in 2010. Okay. Yes. Have you always lived in this uh, in this area? Yes. Uh, I lived here all, um, almost all my life until I was around about, i say, 10 years old, we moved to Kansas City, Missouri. And we lived there for eight years, and then we came back here to live. Were you married when you were you no, two no. married at that point, or that no, was before no. you were married? Yes. So what what was African American community like here? I know you said the church was sort of the heartbeat, and there were shops. Yeah. What was sort of um, community life like? To me, it seemed like we was all a family. There were no strangers. We was all uh, seemed like in the same boat, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, you uh, everybody helped everybody. You know, if, if one family was yeah. in the need, everybody pitched in and, and helped that family. This generation today is very different. They, mm-hmm. <laughs> they just, I mean, totally different. They don't even think right. the same. Well, in the... I guess, too, like, right, um, the physical structure of town is different. You were talking mm-hmm. about all the, you know, it there is. aren't a bunch of shops for them all to just walk to now mm-hmm. or to hang out. At. There's not, Happy yeah. Feet's not here or, mm-hmm. or, you know, and I don't know, maybe I need to ask some people what the modern-day equivalent of Happy Feet is here. You know, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I don't know, but tell me about, you described the street for me, I want to say everyone has. So, Every person that I've interviewed has described this thriving Inman Street, okay? Mm -hmm. Also, people that I haven't interviewed that have just heard about the podcast who grew up in College Hill have described. So everyone describes it. It's like, um, you know, I mean, it's like when you hear people describe Disney World, right? It's Mm -hmm. like you talk to anybody who's been to Disney World wants to tell you they went, right? Yeah. So it's like everybody who grew up in College Hill 
when it was thriving wants to tell you about the street. Um, so to me, it represents something much deeper than just the street. Okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe maybe not. Yeah, what? It meant ownership. It was our community, our schools, our mm-hmm. restaurants, our church. Mm-hmm. It was ours. And everybody looked out, like you said, if you didn't have, they did something called pounding, where everybody would bring food. It was just ours. Some pounding. They would bring food. To where? To your home, to the church, if you were okay. in need. Oh, okay. We only had a few people that had cars, so they would share right. That was before Uber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of dollars, and they take you if you had to go outside the community. Sure. Yeah. But it was ownership. Yeah. You owned it. So it was you- ours. Ownership. Think about that. Think about how deep that word is. Isn't that the thing we all want? Ownership. And in a world where black people didn't own much of anything, I think that was huge. When you think back before this time, before the time of this podcast, you think about slavery, or at least when I think about slavery, right? The fact that these were a people group that were owned by other people. It's gross and it's awful. And I don't think anybody would really argue any differently. But when you think of the reverse of that, what's the, what's the thing you probably want most? Ownership. And they had it. For one shining moment, they had their own part of town with their own stores, people they got along with. They owned it. So that felt good. Yes. Also, it felt bad. Like, also, it felt like white people had put you just in one spot or not. I, you we, know, we never I'm trying, thought Did about you even it. think about racism? We didn't, that we didn't think about it. You didn't, you didn't we think, think about one no. see, Silly what, white, silly yeah. white man. This isn't about you, white man. No, see, like for my family, right, yeah. we, we were raised with white people. We moved here sure. when I was six years old from mm-hmm. Benton, Polk County. Yes. And we live right in Benton Station. And right. there again, we walked everywhere. There was mm. a store that there. So when we came here, you know, then we were mixed yeah. in with our color, black people, sure. more black people than we had been with before. And, and we and, liked it. Right, yes. and everybody, and you liked it. And, and we, we liked, liked it, and you liked yes. It. That's cool. Yeah, you know, um, everybody who grew up rural around here has that story, too, that in the rural areas— White people, black people, mixed, uh, all the kids playing together, walking in and out of each other's homes. No sort of uh, racist uh, feel growing up. They weren't aware of it until um, they got into an institution like a school or a church or a government building. Right? Yeah, for that, me, it was middle school after College Hill burnt. We, my group, had to go to Allen Elementary School, mm-hmm. which was, you know, right off of Wildwood, we walked. And then it was just like a handful of us threw into this all-white school. Are you enjoying listening to College Hill? We sure hope so. And if you are, we'd love you to know that this was made possible through the generous donations of the United Way of the Okoye Region. The United Way does so many things in the community, from helping people with poverty to education The United Way is focused on every community that they're in, and that is especially true of the United Way of the Koi region. Once again, 
Here's College Hill. So tell me about the businesses. So so this the Disneyland of Inman Street, right? The street, mm-hmm. as you guys called it. Um, when did that start going away? Um, I don't know the exact year. Mid-late 60s. But I do, early 70s. I, I, I do recall that uh, what happened was it was told to the business mm-hmm. that they was going to build a four-lane road up on Inman Street. Right. And because it was told to them, yeah, they were kind of forced to close and relocate somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so that's the reason why the black business closed down because of that. How'd that affect the community? It's, it, right. it busted it up. Yeah. It removed, like, when we was all once together, it divided. Anytime you divide something, it's not going to stand. What did College Hill mean to you, the school? What did it mean to you? You were talking, you you in particular, Beulah, have a real sense of ownership, of com- community ownership of things. It was your school, right? It was, because we could so. walk home from lunch. And if you didn't, if you ate lunch at school, can you imagine having a soulful restaurant in a school? You wouldn't complain about the food. It was Awesome. Sure. Nobody came home and said, I, I didn't eat that food today. I don't complain about soul food now. <laughs> I, tell, I, I don't know I don't know if we'll leave this in the podcast or not, but just so you guys know, when I'm obviously this whole podcast and everything about my life has been changing as a result of the podcast. And uh, I have children. And so uh, I've already told my children that, in my opinion, one of the greatest gifts black people ever gave to white people is soul food. So I want you to know. So I, imagine a I cafeteria like that. I hold, it in, I like hold that. it in high regard. A cafeteria <laughs> like that where you could get seconds. Nobody cared. Yeah. It was awesome. It was good food every First day. grade teacher lived right on the corner from us. We all sure. knew everybody. So this isn't like, okay, so. <laughs> all right. So when, <laughs> when old white people look back, at their younger days, it's almost always false, right? It's not always false, but they like think about, right? So, so this whole thing, right? When they talk about, they talk about make America great again, right? And they talk about the average white person who voted for Donald Trump. When they think about make America great again, they actually specifically think about the Leave It to Beaver TV show, which never actually <laughs> existed. So there was never an America. They're fond of an America that didn't exist. But this is America that really did exist for you. This was like, was you're like walking to the shops you want. You're getting seconds on soul food. Yeah. Your first grade Disney. teacher. It was our right. Disney World. So, and there was no need to go anywhere else. Sure. So, okay. So all that. Tell me, was there. Tell me then. How do you, how do you feel feel not felt? How do you feel now? You don't even you don't live in this part of town anymore. But when you drive down Emmons Street, which you probably do all the time, I mean mm-hmm. I do all the time. Mm-hmm. Everybody does all the time, and it isn't that thing that was so cool. Like how how does that make you feel? And. Do you blame white people? I blame the system, but I feel guilted because yeah. it was ours. Right. And now you don't see that many black businesses. This was ours. Mm-hmm. So I feel guilted, and I don't blame yeah. 
the white people, but I blamed the system. Sure. The system, though, uh, at that time... That's white people. Was white people. <laughs> sure. I was being kind. No, yeah, and I, I'm glad that you're being kind. I want you to be kind. Our Disneyland. I love that. I love the thought of it. I love the feel of it. I love to move that around in my head. Our Disneyland. Just imagining these awesome people as younger versions of themselves with nothing to worry about, not a care in the world. Life is good. And I think that's part of what makes all this so complicated. In my mind, I know that segregation was the worst. But at the same time, it seems like integration in some ways was just as bad. We took away the things that they thought were fun and beautiful and good, and we replaced those things with stress and difficulty. It's funny. Everyone doesn't mention the school burning down. Think about it. Like, like, that's like the most southern expression of racism <laughs> in the world, right? Is like, we're going to go burn down the black school. Mm-hmm. They make movies about it. Right? Mm-hmm. But, and it happened, and that's awful. Mm-hmm. Right? And I want to talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. But, I don't want to skip the fact that the first thing that comes out of everybody's mouth isn't they burned our school down. It's not actually the negative they burned our school down. It's the positive we had this awesome thing, and then that was taken away, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess in a sense, right, College Hill was taken away too, right? The school was taken away by fire, Mm -hmm. and this was taken away by politics. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you feel about it? she's telling how she feels how do you feel about it? Well, before I answer that, let yeah. me let me add on to when you say the street, uh, MS Street. To us as black people, we did not call it MS Street. Mm-hmm. We call it Six Ward. Sure. I don't know if you have heard that word. Yes, you're the first person to say it on the podcast. I've heard it. But nobody said it here until you said it. But okay. yeah, sixth word. Yeah, that's what we know. That's that's what we know when we say M Street. We are literally saying six six war. That's what it was to us. I don't know where the name came from. I don't even know who started it. But for black people, every, when you say six war, everybody know who, what you was talking about. That's right. black people. Now, I I am certainly not the expert. But you, because you just said you don't know, necessarily know where it came from, what I've heard is that we had five voting districts, right? So, like, we talk about five points mm-hmm. downtown. So five, five voting districts, right? And then Sixth Ward sort of came, came to be known as, um, like, if each, if each of the fifth, five wards had their own personality, Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> that sixth ward had its own personality too, and that that sixth ward was black. Mm-hmm. Right, so yeah. I, I, that's my understanding, but I yeah. I don't know for sure. Yeah. Um, so it's not four lanes. No, it's still two lanes. Yes. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Well, uh, that was brought up uh, a couple years ago in a meeting that I, I attend to, and. Uh, uh, again, like you said, it ended with the black business of, of politics. But 
as I grow older mm -hmm. and to understand what really happened, right? You know, it it it, it don't have no effect on me because I know it's politics. But what does bother me about it is just because us blacks or the blacks that had the business, just because they had to close, why they did not relocate. That's what bothers me about them closing their business down. Mm -hmm. They could have set up shop somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, what they didn't do it. Yeah. You know. And ultimately, something really beautiful was lost. Yes. In all of it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. It, it, it is, I think, like a lot of things, stuff is complex. Yes. This is complicated. Yes. Having a, I think all the time, because I do these interviews now, how complicated it is to have a real white, black talk even just to sit in a church with some microphones and have a talk like yes. this, right? I don't like it. I don't like that people burned your school down. Yeah. I don't like it that a, a bunch of white politicians said they were going to turn a two-lane into a four-lane and then bought out all the black businesses. I like, I'd like, you know, I like to go to Spoonies and eat, right? <laughs> My kid, mm -hmm. I like to, you, do you see what I'm saying? I, I don't, yeah. and, and I don't know that I'm normal or not normal in the world, right? I'm not I'm not trying to say I represent every white person any more than you represent every black person, right. right? But but I don't like it. I think something was lost. I would have liked to have seen your Disneyland. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? It would have made me happy mm. to get to go to those shops and to see those things. Yeah. For us as little kids at that particular time, we know about six ward and, and all the business and stuff, but we was we were so small that only our parents got to enjoy all of that. You know, now I don't know about their parents, but my father he 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 went to all the beer joints and the the skating ring and mm -hmm. all the clubs that they had out there on most side of, of yeah. six ward and all that. You know. But for us as little kids, we were just, we was prohibited to go anywhere right. near those places. Right. But. But they were there. But they was there, and we could stand in our yard and listen to the music. Sure. From those places. And yeah. we can hear the people laughing and cutting up on, on the street there while right. we was out in our yard. So. We know it was there. We know that uh, uh, all that was going on, but we weren't a part of it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know, I travel a lot up into the Midwest. I'm originally from just outside Chicago. And up there we have a lot of places where the houses and the businesses are all sort of mixed together, right? That's cool. Mm -hmm. And you see that a lot in bigger cities. And you don't see it here at all anywhere. It's not just that it's not on Inman Street anymore mm -hmm. or in Sixth Ward anymore. Mm -hmm. It's that, that our town in general lost a piece of its personality when that went away, right? Because it's not like, like you said, that didn't, they didn't reopen somewhere else and have that somewhere else. It just sort of went away and essentially yes. it's gone. So let's talk about the school a little bit. Now we've talked about the street. Let's talk about the school. Um, 
All three of you were students there? Yes. yes. And all three of you were students when it burned down? I was. I was. was. I, I, he was yeah. gone. I was gone. Okay. Yes. So for the two of you, what was it like when you heard that it burned down? Tears. Devastated. Yeah. She went to Ireland. I had to go to Arnold. I cried every So you went to two different, different schools. School. You went to Arnold and you went to where? Ireland. Yeah. Uh, see, I was okay. in the seventh grade, but she was, well, you were going to sixth, like sixth grade. So, so okay. I had to go to Arnold, mm-hmm. and I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried, I did to go where she went. Yeah. And it took a couple of days. I can remember waking up the next morning and my mom telling us that we weren't going to school that day because the school burned. And mm-hmm. we had to wait to find out where we were going, you know. She had to sure. find out where we were going. And then that's when, you know, a couple of days later, she says, well, you're going to Allen, and she was going to Arnold. Right. So we couldn't go to the same school anymore. So that And was, that was rough. Yeah, that was rough. So we lost our school, and then we were divided. And then you went, you went where Helen Miller went. Yeah. She went to Arnold. 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 Yeah. I was just there for a little while. I cried till I got up out of there. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're out there. Out as quickly as you could get. You uh, got that right. Um, what was it? So what was it like? How many of like your, how many of your friends that you had gone to school with at College Hill went, to, went with you to Allen? With me to Allen, it was everybody that was in the sixth grade with me. Everybody that okay. was, you know, we all So the same way with you and class. Arnold? Yeah, but we weren't all in the same class. Can you imagine having 35 people in a classroom and you all know each other? Right. And then you go and just They spread you out. It was awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I can remember coming home telling my mom that, you know, it, my school is white. There's, right. And a lot of the white kids did not like the black kids. Like, I don't want to sit next to you because you're black. And then there was, I could, Was there a lot of that? There was a whole lot of it? It was enough to it. notice it was more than should have been. And then I can remember yeah. one teacher in particular that I knew from day one, he just didn't like black people. You know, just point mm-hmm. blank. And he you just, have to, and now you have to be there. And then I have to be in his class. Yeah. He's my teacher. Yeah. So... Forgive me for not n- not knowing the right way to say what I'm about to say. So where I don't know how to feel, maybe you don't know how to feel, maybe you don't know, maybe none of you know how to feel. I, I don't know. I'm not telling you how to feel. Is we have this thing where what we want is we want unity in the world. Mm-hmm. We want things like be the bridge where we're like reconciling people together, all people. You know, I know like one of the things that Olympia always does with me is a lot of times I'll talk about like white and black relationships. And she's, she always immediately says all minorities, right? She's all minorities. So it's like she's very much one of the people in my life that helps point me towards like even in this, as I'm trying to, like, broaden who I am to keep broadening who I am, right? So where I kind of get hung up on is this thing that, like, we would say or some people would say that College Hill being the black part of town, that's not good, right? The fact that we're not blended is... is in and of itself racism, that Sixth Ward was kind of where you got pushed and you had to be, 
right? And then you lost your school, like you said, your place where you had seconds of soul food and you knew your teachers and they were black teachers and they related to you. And now you have to go to a white school where some of the kids don't like you and even some of the teachers, like that has got to be the most stressful thing in the world, right? To have a teacher who doesn't like you over something you can't possibly do. It's not a behavioral issue. It's not a learning issue. It's nothing you could do, right? It's just the color of your skin. I can tell it's bothering you that I'm even saying it. It's okay. I, you know, I'm sorry that I'm uh, saying no, no, it, but okay. I have to say it out loud because I'm processing through it. I'm not trying to bring up all that and hurt your feelings, but I'm sure it stunk. I know it did. I, it had to. I can't. And it's something that white people can't even really imagine. You know what I mean? Not, in the, not on that level. I've certainly been in situations where somebody, where I was in a room full of black people and somebody pointed out that I was white. And I've even been in situations where somebody said they didn't like me because I was white, right? And I know that that's like nothing compared to being a kid whose school got burnt down and got busted to school. So I don't want you to think, I'm not saying you're saying, I know how you feel. <laughs> that's, not what I, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, I don't know how to process the what seems to be two different ideas, which is racism kind of forced, kept black people in this town from the best education and the best jobs and the right. And, you know, I mean, and these are things other black people in the community have said to me mm -hmm. and have been on interview with. Right. And then to sit here and go. But it sounds like when you were segregated, that was like the time of your life. Right. So it's like. I'm I I'm not confused isn't know. the confused isn't the word but but what I mean is in a, in some sense in some little way this was meant to be progressive not the school burning down but as America tried to put students together was a tiny step in what ends up being a long journey that we're not through yet of equality uh, right. Yeah, you know, for for black people in those days, the only thing that was on most of the black people's mind mm -hmm. was survive. Sure. Tell me about that. Tell me more about that. Uh, Why did you feel that way? Because uh, uh, so much of the racism that was going going on at that particular time. Uh, that's the reason why I opened up early and I said that, that we were just like a family. Yeah. Because there was so much racism mm -hmm. that we all was just in one spot. And we couldn't go where we want to go. Mm -hmm. We couldn't go live where we want to live. Right. So, the, so the honest way that we, the only thing that we had was each other. Yeah. And to survive. Well, for here, for, for, for the blacks in Cleveland, like, like I said, racism at, those, at that time was very high. Right. Very high. And, and you weren't allowed as black to go live anywhere else here in Cleveland. It just, you know, they, they, they weren't allowed. What would have happened if you tried? They burned you out. Do you remember when, yeah. when Joe Charles was saying? just rented a house off of Spring Prince Road and moved all their furniture in, and they burned them out. They just didn't, the neighbors didn't want them in that area. 
There were places we couldn't go. This one's hard. It's hard for me to deal with. It's hard for me to know how to talk about. The idea that, you know, you're fine as long as you stay in your bubble. That it's cool, you can do what you want as long as you don't come over here near other people who don't want you here. It's hard, it's painful to think about that being a reality. And I think one of the things that bothers me so much these days is I think maybe houses aren't getting burned down like they used to. But oftentimes there are ways a community, a community can say you're not welcome here without burning a house down. And that's just as gross. I want genuine relationships in my life just like you do. So my question to you, you're all a little bit older than I am. You've lived life. You're very wise. You've lived in this town. What do you want me to do? What do you want the other 40-year-old white guy who listens to this podcast to do? You got to know how to build that bridge to get to the other side. And that's, the, and, and, that's, and that's the part that I believe that blacks and white need to get come together and work together and understand each other together so that they can, both of them, yeah. can build the bridge. Mm-hmm. And if both get together and understand each other, they can build that bridge. While there's so much more that we could have talked about, like every great conversation, it eventually has to end. And I hope I get to pick this one back up. I found uh, Pastor Sam and his wife and her sister so fascinating. It was fantastic to talk to all of them. But we got to move on. And that's why next week we're going to be talking to Yolanda Edwards, her father, and 100 black men.